0: G'day, and welcome to Perco's Podcast, a podcast all about strategy, leadership, and soul care. We're here to help you obtain your personal, professional, and spiritual goals without losing your soul. We hope that today's episode is refreshing and gives you a new perspective. Now, here's your host, Jason Perkins. G'day, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of Perco's Podcast. So good to have you with us today, wherever you're tuning in from around the world. I hope you're having a fantastic day. For those of you that are familiar with the podcast, you know that our theme is pretty simple. We just want to help people reach their goals without losing their souls. And we think that habits and rhythms and practices that feed your soul are incredibly important. So that's why we're actually taking a Sabbath from our regular interview style. Every six interviews that we do, we take a pause and we have a Sabbath. And then we get back into another round of interviews for another six guests. So this is a bonus episode today as we take a Sabbath from our regularly scheduled programming. Recently, a number of people that follow along with the podcast and follow along with us on social media have reached out to me about the practice that we have of Sabbath as a family. And so I want to give a quick shout out to my friend John in Johannesburg, South Africa, who chatted online with us about Sabbath recently. And today's episode is actually about Sabbath. It comes from a series of talks that I did recently on soul care practices. And I want to share with you this short talk that I did on the practice of Sabbath today. It was actually filmed on location at one of my favorite places to Sabbath at the beach. And so you'll hear in the background some noise of the waves and the place that I was filming at. And I hope that it is an encouragement to you. As with all of the practices, the reason we call them practices is because we haven't perfected them. And the goal is not perfection, the goal is to practice them and allow the practice to become life-giving and feed your soul. So I hope today as you listen to this short talk about the power of Sabbath that you will begin to practice it if you don't already or that it will encourage you to keep practicing Sabbath because I am convinced it is an incredibly life-giving and soul-feeding practice for all of us. It's a gift that I believe that God has given us. We're not obligated to it. We certainly don't have to do it. But who wouldn't want to take a pause every single week to just spend time resting, replenishing, and rejoicing in our God? I hope it's a blessing to you. Here's the talk on Sabbath. Have you ever spent hours and hours waiting on the phone for a customer support person to help you with your computer or some other piece of technology and you finally get them on the phone and then they ask you that famous question, have you restarted your fill in the blank? I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I know I've had that experience so many times. The first thing they always tell you to do is to restart whatever it is you're having a problem with. The other day, I found myself on my laptop and I was in my web browser and I had opened up 46 different tabs on my web browser. That's how much research I was doing. And I noticed it because my web browser wasn't functioning as well as it normally did. So I decided instead of closing each individual tab, I would just restart the browser. It was amazing the difference that it made with the browser and how it was performing. Today, I want to share with you an ancient secret that will help you with your technology. Even more importantly, will help you with your life. And as a bonus, I think this secret could help you spend less time on customer support lines waiting for them to answer and even keep you out of the doctor's office. But before I get to all of that, I want to share with you something that I have personally that is a disease that has taken me into the doctor's office from time to time. So let's take a look at it. So the disease that I have, it's called more-itis. That's not the technical name for it or the medical term for it, but at the end of the day, I have this inner desire for more, more accomplishments. I constantly want to get more things done, only to find that at the end of the day or the end of the week, there's still more to be done. There's more things that get on my to-do list. I also have this desire not just for more accomplishments, but for the accumulation of more. I'd like to have a little bit more house or a little bit more money or maybe even a little bit better car. We all have this insatiable desire for more. That's the good news for me, is that it's not something I just struggle with alone, but all of us struggle with it. Not only do we want more things and we want to accomplish more, we also want to experience more. We want to go on yet another holiday. We want to have more entertainment in our lives. The good news for you and for me is that all of us struggle with this. We all have a little bit of more-itis. And I actually think this is something that God has put inside of each of us. He gave us this more-itis so that we would discover that there is more to this life than what we experience in this life. That it would drive us and cause us to discover a relationship with Him. That's why I think God put it inside of each of us, this desire for more. But is there a practice from the life of Jesus or a keystone habit that Jesus had in His life that can help us with this desire for more? Even those of us who have discovered that there's more to this life and we have a relationship with God, we still need to harness. We still need to quench this appetite for more or else it can control our lives. So what does a habit look like from the life of Jesus that can help us to do just that? Most people, when they think of the life of Jesus... They think it began with the Christmas story. It began in Bethlehem when he was born in a manger. Even if you're not a church person or a Bible person, when you think of the life of Jesus, you probably assume that's when it began, when he was born in a manger at Bethlehem, the story we celebrate every Christmas. But the reality is, Jesus is actually a part of the Godhead, the Trinity. He has always existed. His best friend John when he started his account of Jesus life he used these words he said in the beginning was the word meaning Jesus and the word was with God and the word was God John was saying that Jesus was actually there at creation because he is God when the whole world was created Jesus was there and not only did he create the whole world he created a keystone habit that helps us with this problem of Moritis that we all deal with. If you read the account of the creation story, you'll know that God on the first day created the idea, the concept of light. Then He went on to create the sky and on days three, four, and five, He created the heavens and the earth. He created the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and even the animals that walk across the earth. On day six, He also created human beings, Adam and Eve. But then on day seven, Jesus, being God, created a keystone habit that is helpful for all of us. It says in the account of the creation story that on day seven, God rested. He created this idea of Sabbath, or in the Hebrew language, they call it Shabbat. It literally means to stop and rest. God didn't create anything else on day seven but this keystone habit for all of us to enjoy. It's called Sabbath. And later on in Jesus' life, He had a lot to say about it, especially one day when He was walking through a field with His disciples. Now, before we get to the story of Jesus and His disciples walking through the grain fields, I need to catch you up on a little bit of Jewish history. From the moment of creation when the Sabbath, this keystone habit was created, all throughout Jewish history, The Jewish culture were really, really focused on this idea of Sabbath. In fact, in the Ten Commandments, we are reminded of remembering the Sabbath and the goal of keeping it holy or separated from the rest of the week. The Jews, though, over time began to actually worship the Sabbath rather than the God of the Sabbath. Which is why, as Jesus was walking through the grain fields with his disciples, some of the religious leaders, the Pharisee, took offense to what the disciples were doing as they were walking along. Mark, one of the early followers of Jesus, records this story with these words. He says, One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, said to Jesus, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? See, these Pharisees, the religious leaders, had gotten caught up in the legalism of Sabbath. Jesus answered and said, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priests to eat and he also gave some to his companions. Jesus tells them an old ancient Israelite story that all of these Pharisees would have known all too well to prove to them the reason for the Sabbath, to help them really understand the true meaning of Sabbath. Then Jesus follows it up with one of his most famous lines about the Sabbath. Then Jesus said to them, "'The Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What Jesus was trying to explain to these Pharisees was simple. The Sabbath was designed for our enjoyment. It wasn't for man to be legalistic about. The Sabbath is not the thing that we worship. We worship the God of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is a gift to us for us to enjoy not some drudgery that we force ourselves into for many people when they think of the word sabbath or even the concept of sabbath they think of the literal definition of the hebrew word shabbat which means to stop and just rest for a lot of people that sounds fantastic an entire day every week of just stopping and resting, maybe lying on the couch reading a great book or even just staring out the window and daydreaming seems like a fantastic idea for some people. For other people, like myself, that sounds like the worst idea on the planet. I couldn't think of anything worse than just laying around staring out the window doing nothing for an entire 24 hours. So I don't know how it hits you when you think of this concept of Sabbath, whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing, whatever it is you have in your mind, I want to give you a practical application of how you can implement Sabbath into your weekly routine. I want you to imagine that this jug right here represents your life. We're going to talk about a couple of questions that will help you to determine what are the best activities for you to partake in on the Sabbath. If this is your life, and this jug over here represents activities that you could participate in on the Sabbath, I want you to ask yourself this question about the activities. Is the activity something that is replenishing to my life? Does it pour into my life and help to rejuvenate and replenish me? The second question I want you to ask is, is this an activity that causes me rejoice in God's goodness in my life. So not only is it replenishing, but it's also causing me to rejoice in God's goodness in my life. Those are great activities for you to partake in on the Sabbath. For some of you, you love gardening. You love getting out and working in the yard, and that's incredibly replenishing for you. And while you're doing it, it even causes you to rejoice in God's goodness in your life. That would be a great activity for you to participate in while you're enjoying Sabbath. For other people, yard work and gardening, quite frankly, it's not so much replenishing, it's actually what I would call draining. It causes the life to be poured out of you instead of into you. It's quite draining for you. And in fact, maybe that kind of work, not only is it draining, but it's actually a distraction for you from being able to rejoice in God, in His goodness for you. So, when you're thinking of activities to do on the Sabbath, I want you to consider these questions. Is this an activity that is replenishing in my life and causes me to rejoice in God? Or is this an activity that is a drain on my life and distracts me from God? For all of us, it's going to look very different. And I don't want you to compare yourself and your activities of Sabbath with somebody else's activities you need to define what those activities are for you that cause you to replenish your life and to rejoice in God's goodness. I also want to remind you that in order to really have a great Sabbath experience, it's going to take some planning and preparation. For me on Friday afternoon, it's almost like right before I go on a holiday, I've got a list of things that I need to get done before I take off on holidays. The same is true for me every week with Sabbath. I've got a list of things on Friday afternoon because I Sabbath from Friday night through to Saturday night. There's a list of things I have to get done so that I can plan and prepare to just stop, rest, replenish, and rejoice in God's goodness on the Sabbath. When it comes to Sabbath for me, this is my happy place. I love getting out into the ocean with my board, my kids, And just being replenished and having an opportunity to sit on my board and just rejoice in God's goodness to me in my life I want to invite you in fact I want to beg you I want to beg you to find your Sabbath because on the other side of Sabbath is some incredible things in your life and I want to invite you to find your Sabbath I know what some of you are thinking you're saying Jason You don't know my life. You don't know my to-do list. You don't know how much I work. I get all of that. In fact, in our next video, I want to address another keystone habit of Jesus that will help you with that long to-do list or that working seven days a week. I can't wait to share that habit with you as well. But for today, I want you to imagine your life having a Sabbath. Imagine what that would look like. My good friend, a guy named Kerry Newhoff, when he talks about Sabbath, he says it this way. If you don't take a Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. What he means by that is eventually we all need a Sabbath. Our bodies need a Sabbath. Our minds need a Sabbath. And if you don't take a Sabbath, the Sabbath will eventually take you. So imagine your life without a Sabbath. Years from now, never taking a break every week, not taking time to stop and replenish and rejoice in God's goodness. And eventually the Sabbath will come knocking and it will require you in your life, without notice, without warning, to just stop and rest. Imagine a different kind of life where you build in this keystone habit of Sabbath every single week. And instead of the Sabbath having to take you You actually take a Sabbath. That's what I hope for each of us. I hope that for you, just as I hope it is for me. I want you to enjoy the goodness of this gift that God has given each of us called the Sabbath. Well, friends, I hope that short talk was helpful for you. I love that line from Kerry Newhoff, if you don't take a Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. I wanna encourage you, if 24 hours seems like a long period of time to do nothing but just rest and replenish and rejoice in God because you've got so many things that you need to attend to, why not start small? What if you just took four hours off this week and begin this practice of Sabbath? Put your phone away, clear your calendar, only do things that cause you to rejoice in god and that replenish your soul work up to a full day you don't have to start off with 24 hours you could just start off with four hours i know that this practice has been incredibly life-giving for myself and my family and i so badly want you to experience that as well well we love hearing from people that listen to the podcast So if you'd like to reach out to us during the week, we'd love to connect with you. You can find us on social media, Jason Perko Perkins, or you can just visit my website, jasonperkoperkins.com. I love it when people reach out to us and let us know how these episodes are helping them reach their goals and at the same time, not lose their souls. That's our big goal here. We want to see an entire generation of people reach their goals, but at the same time be able to say, it is well with my soul. I hope you have a great week, and I hope you get the chance to practice Sabbath, rest, replenish, and rejoice in God. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, cheers. You've been listening to Percos podcast. Join us next time for more insights on strategy, leadership, and soul care to help you reach your personal, professional and spiritual goals while at the same time not losing your soul. In the meantime, make sure to connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.